0: For nearly 30 years, the Premier League has been the pinnacle of English football. Delighting audiences across the globe as foreign players and investors have flocked to the competition as it has grown, backed by huge television revenue and a passionate fan base. But the juggernaut that the league has become might have been hard to believe back in the early 90s. Talk of a domestic Super League had been swirling since the mid-80s, but they needed to sever ties with the Football League to do so. The first major step towards a breakaway league came when Greg Dyke, then of LWT, met with the Big Five – Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool, Manchester United and Tottenham. The Quintet claimed that they earned and spent the most, and wanted to form an elite division to do more of the same, creating an opportunity to bring incredible wealth into the game, changing the face of it as it is known, and unleashing a powerhouse on the world. But it is on the field where we are really interested, and in this mini-series for the reads from The Analyst, we are looking back on the history of the competition as only we know how. Providing the valuable historic context that nearly 30 years' worth of data collection by Opta can do. We will bring to life the stories of yesteryear through modern eyes. Beginning right at the very start, with Leeds as defending top flight champions, Arsenal being tipped by many to win the inaugural event, but a hungry pack of 20 other teams also hoping to make their mark. Don't forget you can read more great storytelling like this every day on theanalyst.com and I'll have a little more insight for you at the end of the episode. But first, please listen to New Beginnings, The Scotsman, The SAS and Old Football by Oliver Hopkins. 1992-93 season. A whole new ball game kicked off on the 15th of August at Bramall Lane, where a 28,000 strong crowd watched Brian Dean etch his name into immortality with the Premier League's opening goal. Sheffield United ushered in a new dawn of top-flight football in England with a 2-1 victory over Manchester United, whom we'll have more from soon. Backed up by a five-year, £340 million deal with broadcaster Sky, a new era for the sport began in the country. In truth, though, it took a little while for the Premier League to loosen the shackles of its first division heritage. Certainly, the cosmopolitan, prosperous product seen today would only really start to take shape as late as 1997. Instead, the main trends for the inaugural season were mainly continuations of those seen previously when the Football League controlled the top division, led by the rise of Manchester United under Alex Ferguson. But it is hard to believe that this ascension to domination would actually begin with the Red Devils taking only one point from their first three games. And to this day, they remain the only team to have lost their opening two games of the season and then gone on to win the title. And whilst the first season may have lacked in differences in stories and style of play compared to the first division, it more than made up for it with excitement. Rupert Murdoch and the investors at Sky no doubt cheering as each of the 1,222 goals found the back of the net more than any other season in history. In fact, May 8th saw an incredible 47 goals in nine games, which is still the most scored on a single day in the competition's history, six clear of the next productive day, which came in 2011. But with the coming of new light, one door did close though. Brian Clough retiring as Nottingham Forest manager after an 18-year spell at the city ground. The highs of back-to-back European Cups being shadowed at the end by relegation after finishing rock bottom of the table. A small consolation for Forest fans coming as a certain Roy Keane featured in that season's PFA Team of the Year, the last to do so whilst finishing for a side in last place. No wonder Ferguson would splash a then British record of 3.5 million to bring him to United. 1993 94 season. It was a move that would prove beneficial for the Irishmen as they made no mistake in defending their Premier League crown, doing so in extremely dominant fashion, spending 262 of the 268 days of the league season at the top of the table. Only Chelsea in the 2014 2015 season spent longer at the summit in a single campaign and that was only by 12 days. But in a peek at what was to come, newly promoted Newcastle United and Kevin Keegan's swashbuckling attacking football was catching the eye. Andy Cole finished the season as the league's top scorer with 34, a feat which has only been subsequently equaled by one other player. But in arguably one of the most dominant attacking seasons on record, Cole also led the assist charts with 13, meaning he is the only player to outright top the charts for both goals and assists in a single campaign. Surprisingly, though, none of those goals came against the hapless Swindon Town, who shipped 100 goals in 42 matches, the only team to have conceded a century in a single season. No surprises then that they were relegated, sitting bottom of the table for a record 97% of the season. 1994 94-95 season. Alan Shearer had been forced to watch Cole scoop the golden boot the year before, despite plundering an impressive tally of 31 league goals. He was not going to make that mistake again, equaling Cole's mark of 34 from the previous campaign. More importantly though, he helped propel Blackburn Rovers to their first and only Premier League crown breaking an 81-year wait between English top-flight titles, which is the longest broken drought ever. Kenny Dalglish's side secured the championship on the last day of the season, despite losing 2-1 at his former club Liverpool. Manchester United only managing a one all draw at West Ham, and sparing the rest of the league or country from having to endure a third successive crown for Ferguson's side. Shearer was ably assisted by summer signing Chris Sutton, forming the SAS partnership that would go on to score 49 of their 78 league goals that season, while also supplying 23 assists. It is arguably one of the greatest combinations in league history. Such was their dominance this season that their combined goal involvements, that's goals plus assists, of 72, was a full 16 more than the next deadliest duo, Spurs' Teddy Sheringham and Jürgen Klinsmann. Now remember Nottingham Forest we spoke about a little while earlier. Well, they bounced back into the top flight at the first time of asking, and when they returned, they did so in some style. Frank Clark's side finishing third, a mark no newly promoted team has managed to repeat since. It was though the last year that four sides would be relegated, with Ipswich Town, Leicester City, Norwich City and Crystal Palace the ones to fall through the trap door. Meanwhile, Reading became the only second place side in the second tier, not to be automatically promoted to the top flight in the Premier League era, even failing in the playoff final to Bolton Wanderers, having missed a penalty. 1995-96 season. Newcastle United looked like they would continue the trend set by Blackburn the prior season, clinching the title in the face of a relentless Manchester United that would not give in. Instead, it ended up establishing a rather different narrative, Ferguson and co facing down and ultimately vanquishing their challengers. Keegan's side had stretched their early season lead at the top of the table to 12 points by mid-January. But slowly, and surely, that would gradually be eroded as the Red Devils amassed 13 wins in their final 15 games. The fact this finish remains Newcastle's joint best in Premier League history will be no solace to those on Tyneside. In total, they spent 212 days at the top of the table most any side has done so without winning the title in a single campaign. This harrowing record a full 23 days longer than Arsenal's agony in the 2002-2003 season when they were bettered by who else but Manchester United. In front of goal Shearer continued to score at a blistering rate registering 31 goals meaning that he topped the 30 mark for a third consecutive campaign. Granted In the first two, Shearer was playing in a league with 22 teams, and so had an additional four matches each year to find the net. But his dominant display in completing the trio proved his lethality in front of goal. By the end of the 95-96 season, he had scored 112 Premier League goals in 138 appearances for Blackburn, and topped that off by finishing as the top goalscorer at Euro 96. Not only was he the first player to score 100 goals in the brief history of the competition, he still holds the record for doing so in the fewest appearances, although fellow Englishman Harry Kane just missed out on beating his mark by three games. Shearer's reward for all this success a world record £15 million move to Boyhood Club Newcastle. season. But even that could not stop yet another march to the title for Manchester United, their fourth title in five years. This one, though, was a little different, with the inadequacies of the competition rather than United's stellar performances proving the difference, lifting the trophy with just 75 points, the fewest ever needed to do so. In fact, the three campaigns in which the title winner required the fewest points came in consecutive seasons, but we'll get into those in the next episode. Shearer's Newcastle and Liverpool were tipped at the outset as title contenders, but within three months of the season starting, Keegan had resigned at St James's Park and the Merseysiders' title bid was derailed as they slumped to just four wins in their last 12 matches. Now, we haven't mentioned a certain mercurial Frenchman so far, but having been installed as captain at Manchester United, Eric Cantona continued to be an inspirational force, highlighted by that iconic chip in a 5-0 win against Sunderland, one of 11 strikes that season, as he made it four seasons in which he passed the 10-goal mark. He also became the first player to reach 50 assists in the competition, finishing the campaign with a league-high 12 assists. But 1996 saw another game-changing Frenchman join the Premier League, and soon he would set about making his mark on North London. All that to come next time. That was New Beginnings, The Scotsman, the SAS and Old Football, researched by Matt Furness and Oliver Hopkins with music from Audio Network and produced and read by me, Graham Bell. This has been a production for The Analyst, home of data-driven storytelling, which features great in-depth articles from across the sporting world, as well as specialised data visualisations, and some tricky quizzes to show off your sporting knowledge to your friends and family. All of this is on theanalyst.com now, and why not give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram too? You'll find us at @optanalyst. You can continue to get lost in the reads from The Analyst by subscribing on your preferred podcast application, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many others and we would also love for you to rate and review the show too. Don't forget, the rest of this mini-series is already available to listen to as we have looked back on the incredible history of the Premier League. But for now, it's so long from everyone at the Reads from the Analyst.